0: Unique. There's something about that word that most of us gravitate towards. Like we want unique experiences and we like having unique tastes and things and we are proud of our unique personality. We love the idea of being unique individuals, but there is a dark side to this quest for unique individuality. It can often lead to self-centered tendencies, even a subtle or not so subtle narcissism. But what's the alternative? Like uniformity and, and groupthink? Everyone thinking and doing and looking the exact same way? Nope, there's something better, something that only the Holy Spirit can do. So let's talk about it together. There's something profound and and even powerful about knowing that we are unique individuals. In fact, Mr. Fred Rogers, we love this quote, said, "'You are a very special person. "'There is only one like you in the whole world. "'There's never been anyone exactly like you before, "'and there will never be again, only you. "'And people can like you exactly as you are.'" And we love that and that it's true. It makes us feel special and unique. And this importance of individuality was central in Jesus's teachings. You think of the story of the shepherd leaving the 99 to find the special one, right? Or him saying that we're more important than sparrows or that every hair on our head is counted. And Western society really took that idea and ran with it. You know, with the the humanism of the 15th, 16th centuries, which then led to the age of enlightenment and brought us individual human rights. You know, the idea of life, liberty, and property gave us free speech. It led to slavery being abolished and women and children having rights. But there is a danger when this focus on the individual becomes the ultimate good, the ultimate goal to be a unique individual. We kind of become... Our own idols. And we start worshiping ourselves or whatever it is that makes us unique, and that's our identity. And it becomes really self focused and, like I said, narcissistic. And think about it if all of us are autonomous individuals pursuing our best lives now, sooner or later we're going to run into other autonomous individuals pursuing their best lives now, and we're going to get some conflict. And in that conflict, people will stop being other unique images of God and become either tools to get us what we want or obstructions keeping us from what we want. And to stay happy, we either have to remove those obstacles by cutting them out or taking them out. And so to protect our individual best lives often will turn to tribalism, where we join with like-minded people in our own echo chambers who reinforce what we think is the best way to live. And we might give up some of our individuality for the uniformity to fit in, but in reality, it's just more self-preservation. And because of this ingrained view of the world that we have in our culture, it sinks into what we think of the Holy Spirit. See, we often view the Holy Spirit through a mix of Western individualism and tribalism. I know this whole thing can seem like a simplified generalization, and it kinda is, but it's such a common thread in much of the North American church. See, we talk about the Holy Spirit either in this idea of fill me, lead me, heal me, give me this experience, Or it's more like come Holy Spirit and fill this place, fill our place, give us an experience, convict them over there of the sins our group disagrees with. Like come and flood this nation so people who believe and think and look and talk like me, the holy ones can be in power. But there's something better. There's something more beautiful than ultra individualism and and tribalism that's available to all of us. See, if you remember earlier in this series, we said the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to give life to a new people who will show the world the life Jesus offers. And so as we kind of take a turn in this series from how the Holy Spirit interacts with us as individuals to what it means to be the new people of God together, I think we need to start with a good foundation, and it's this. The Holy Spirit transforms you and me into an inexplicable we. Apostle Paul explains this idea in his first letter to the Corinthians. He wrote it about around 53-54 AD. Corinth was a diverse economic center. as was a port city, and there are lots of temples to the Greek and Roman gods. And Paul lived there for about a year and a half. You can read about it in Acts 18. And he lives there, he, he forms a Jesus community, and then he leaves to start other communities of Jesus followers. But as he's gone, he hears that things aren't really going well in Corinth. There's actually a lot of problems. And so he writes this letter that we call First 1 Corinthians to address these problems. And one of those problems is that people are having all these different intense spiritual experiences in their gatherings. And it's starting to get a little crazy and and like a disorganized free-for-all. And some of the people are saying their gift and and their experience with the Holy Spirit in their gatherings are are the best, are better. They are the unique individuals. So Paul talks about the different gifts that the Holy Spirit can give people. And trust me, we're going to talk about that later in the series. And he says they they all come from the same spirit. And he says something really fundamental in this discussion about the role of the Holy Spirit. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. I know that might seem like really straightforward, but let's just spend a couple seconds thinking this idea through. Like your hand, it's part of your body, right? Yeah. What if it's amputated? Like, would you call your amputated, I know, it's gross, would you call your amputated hand your body? No, it's just a dead body part. Now, if all your body parts were separate, I know, it's disgusting, but all your body parts were separated, it wouldn't really be a body anymore, would it? It'd be a macabre scene of, of dead limbs everywhere. See, it takes all the parts together to make the body, and no part alone is the body, and they are all different and unique. But they're different and unique for the good of the whole body. They each serve their own purpose. And each part is connected to the other parts. And together, they make up the whole body. And Paul says it's the same with the body of Christ, which is one of his favorite metaphors he uses when talking about the church, the community of Jesus followers. And he's saying the Holy Spirit makes individual Jesus followers into unique members of the same body. But what does that really look like? Like, isn't that like joining the church? Isn't that just like tribalism, right? Giving up our individual identities to fit into the group. Honestly, some people treat it that way. Some leaders treat it that way. And maybe you grew up in a religious environment that made you feel you needed to conform or you were out, right? You're not allowed to have any questions or doubts or definitely no unique individuality, which might be why you left the church and why you're more comfortable watching online online. I get that. But let me tell you, that is not what Jesus had in mind for his church. In fact, forced uniformity is a product of broken humanity. Unique unity is a product of the Holy Spirit. And Paul goes on. Some of us are Jews. Some are Gentiles. Some are slaves and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. Jews and Gentiles, slaves and free. Those are the main distinctions and the divisions of their culture at the time. You'd say, hey, person I just met, you describe yourself to me. And they'd say, well, I'm a free Roman citizen. And we have really similar distinctions, don't we? Like black, white, brown, rich, middle class, poor, whatever. But we've even added more, I think. We have liberal or conservative or Republican or Democrat, or I'm too liberal for the conservatives and too conservative for the liberals, right? Or we have urban and rural and and suburban. We have baby boomers and Gen X and millennials and Gen Z. And in between Gen X and millennials, we have Xennials, which is the best generation. And Paul is saying we don't have to ignore those differences. The Holy Spirit doesn't take away our individuality, our, our uniqueness. But the new he makes us into completely overshadows the significance of those differences. In the body of Christ, the Holy Spirit eclipses the significance of our differences. So not in the sense that we are no longer black or white. You still stay you. But Jesus followers have a new primary identity as a member of the body of Christ. How? He says, we've all been baptized by the Holy Spirit. He's not talking about this separate experience of speaking in tongues that comes after anything. He's not saying that you receive the Holy Spirit when you're baptized. He's saying the moment someone decides to transfer their trust, their allegiance from themselves to Jesus, whatever the, their individual process looks like, the Holy Spirit comes into them, washes over them, makes them new, baptizes them into the people of God. In the body of Christ, unity isn't based on shared beliefs, but on a shared indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Meaning, no matter where you come from, no matter what language you speak, no matter who your parents were, no matter how much you have or don't have, no matter who you voted for, if you are a Jesus follower, you are now a member of the body of Christ. Because the Holy Spirit is in you. He has sealed you. He has marked you. He has baptized you. And when the significance of our differences is gone, they no longer have the power to divide And that actually leads us to quite a few implications if we take this seriously. And I really thought of three. The first one is this. Jesus followers are more deeply united to each other than they are to any other group. See, if you are a member of the body of Christ, you have more in common with you are more deeply united to other members of the body than to those who vote like you, those who look like you those who speak like you, those who love like you, those who live the same way as you, those who live in the same country as you. Even you have more in common with the body of Christ, more united to the body of Christ, than you are to somebody who has the same last name as you. No, I'm not getting all culty. I'm not going to ask you to leave your family to join the body. No, but uh, pastor and author Tim Suttle said it this way. What it means to be a human being, as human was intended by God, will only become clear as we find our lives and identities in this new community. When the world sees Jesus followers united, even though they have the same differences that divide the rest of the world, they will see the reality of the kingdom of God, a people united in and for and through the true King. They will see a community that's not just a picture of the kingdom of God, but is a community literally living in the kingdom of God. Now bringing it to those around them. I think the second implication of this body of Christ idea is we cannot be the body of Christ alone we have to be connected to the rest of the body. Like what do you call an amputated hand trying to like live on its own? What do you call it? Dead and gross. Don't be gross. Scholar Gordon Fee said this, though entered individually, salvation is seldom ever thought of simply as a one-on-one relationship with God. While such relationship is included to be sure, to be saved means especially to be joined to the people of God. He's talking about all of the New Testament writings about what it means to be saved. So listen carefully. I am not trying to get you to attend more church services by saying all of this. I, pro- I believe it probably wouldn't hurt in most cases, most churches. What I'm saying is to be part of the body of Christ, every individual Jesus follower needs to purposely and consistently meet with other Jesus followers gathered as the church, whatever that looks like. So gathering for a church service is good, it's great. We do it as Cross Creek, but I know it's not for everybody. So maybe a small group of Jesus followers supporting each other, being in each other's lives and regularly being together, that's great. We have those also called connect groups at Cross Creek. Even having another Jesus follower who supports you and loves you and knows you is great. We have those called alliances and what's amazing that in 2023, because of modern technology, it's even easier to connect with people. I have a group that I connect with that like gives me life. In the first five minutes, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I made time for this. A a group of guys I meet with on Zoom once a month. I've never met them in person, but they're some of my closest friends. Um, Now, maybe you feel like you haven't really been experiencing the Holy Spirit in your life. So my question to you, is are you purposely making yourself part of the community that he created for you to experience the Holy Spirit in? Have you prioritized your schedule to be with a community of Jesus followers? Because that's where you're designed to experience the Holy Spirit mostly. And you might say, yeah, but people are annoying. Yeah, you are. That's why this kind of unity needs the Holy Spirit and is actually proof that the Holy Spirit is at work. And so with all this, really, another argument would be, you know, my church is being alone in nature. That actually doesn't make sense because the church is the community. So I think we really need to change our language, right? We don't, we do not go to church. We gather as the church. And parents, you could start this early. You could maybe stop saying, hey, kids, get in the car. We're going to church. Now you could say, hey, we are going to go be with, we're going to go gather with our church because when the world sees the body of Christ united together, learning with each other, learning to live with each other, learning to bear each other's burdens, learning to forgive each other and accept each other, they will see a community that is not just a picture of the kingdom of God, but a community that is literally living in the kingdom of God now and bringing it to those around them. Our third implication is that in the body of Christ, we are all connected. Like when our feet are out of whack, ask your chiropractor this, when your feet are out of whack, our lower back starts hurting, right? When one part of our body is weak or hurting or injured, the others can't help but pay attention to it and even compensate for it. It's the same with the body of Christ. When one member is hurting, all the members are hurting. When one member needs extra attention or extra care, we all do what we need in order to help that member. And when the world sees the body of Christ caring for each other despite our differences, they will see a community that is not just a picture, Of the kingdom of God, but as a community literally living in the kingdom of God now, bringing it to those around them. So, as we kind of start looking at what it means to be a community filled with and led by the Holy Spirit, a community that is living in the kingdom of God now, together, I think we can kind of build a good foundation by reading Galatians 3, 26 through 28. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus, and all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And after we read that, maybe once a day this week, we can pray this, Holy Spirit, help me see my primary identity in the body of Christ. Help me make my primary identity the fact that I'm a member of the body of Christ. And then actually do it, connect, prioritize gatherings, Commit to a connect group, join an alliance, text another Jesus follower and see how they're doing and get in their life. And maybe you're not sure about the whole church thing. I totally get it. Maybe you've been hurt. I get that too. There's no pressure, but remember this, no expression of the body of Christ is perfect. All of us are already and not yet, but you are invited to join a community that accepts you, that loves you because you were created in God's image. A community that isn't united around ideology or preferences or dogmatic beliefs or cultural biases, but is united around and in and through the love of Jesus, the God who lived and died and rose again to restore us to himself. Jesus didn't give us the Holy Spirit just so individual Jesus followers could have some help in their individual lives. He doesn't call us to follow him in order to lose what makes us unique. He doesn't give us the Holy Spirit so we can just conform to some preformed mold. No, he made us individually unique on purpose and he uses that uniqueness to make us one body where we can use our differences on purpose to love the world. Because when that body is united, it brings the kingdom of God to earth now. The unity of a diverse church displays the kingdom of God to a divided world. watching this content put out by Cross Creek Community Church. We are still in the middle of our Holy Spirit series. There is lots of uh, YouTube videos and podcasts available for you. If you missed any of the other messages in this series, you can also hear these in person at 4.30 on Sundays. We have in-person connect groups that happen during the week throughout Salem. And if you're interested in joining one of those, you can email us at info at yourcrosscreek.com. We are a nonprofit 501 501c3 organization, and the only way we survive is off your monthly gifts. So if you're interested in finding out more about how to give, you can look at the link on the screen or it's yourcrosscreek.com donate. Thanks so much. Have a great week and we'll see you in person on Sunday.